Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, I've talked a little bit along these lines for the last eight years since I've been here. But we're having so many new people coming. And so many people coming from tribes and churches and and flavors of, of Christianity that they've never been taught the subject of faith. So I want to talk to you, even Pentecostal people, hadn't been taught correctly the subject of faith. The subject of faith. So I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about some faith basics. And some of you might know these things already, but if you already know them, understand this, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you've already heard this stuff, you can, you can listen to it again and let it stir you back up. The pursuit of understanding the subject of faith, the subject of faith, changed my life. Changed my life. I was raised in church. I was raised in the church house. My granddad was the pastor. My mom was the organist. My dad was one of the deacons. My grandmother was the women's ministry director. My uncle was the song leader. Back then we called them song leaders. Now we call them worship pastors and you've got to pay them big salaries. But anyway, uh, the, uh, I was raised on the front pew, the front pew of the church. And I'd heard this word faith and I'd used the word faith, but I, didn't, I couldn't tell you what faith was. In fact, if I was to ask you, what is faith? It, most of us who have been raised in church would use the King James Version definition. King James Version, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of hope, things hoped for, the what? Evidence of the things not seen. And I'd say, well, isn't that wonderful? Now, what does that mean? What is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen? I mean, we know what the Bible says, but what does that mean? What is faith? What is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen? And the truth of the matter is this. If we don't know, we know we're supposed to have faith, but if we don't know what faith is, how do we know if we've got it or not? And how do we know if what we have is right? So I, I got on a pursuit years ago to learn this subject of faith. You say, why, 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 why is it so important to know what faith is? Well, I think you've got a hand out there. Number one, why is it so important to understand faith? Well, without faith, we cannot please God. Why do I need to know what faith is? Well, I can't, I can't please Him without it. People say, uh, well, you've got to love. You've got to love. It's all about love. No, it isn't all about love. The Bible doesn't say without love you can't please God. It says without faith you can't please God. The Bible says you can have all kind of love, but if you don't operate faith, you can move mountains. You can give your body to be burned. But still, if you, can't have faith, if you don't have faith, you can't please God. Notice what it says in Hebrews eleven six. Look over here at Hebrews 11, verse 6. Notice what it says. And without faith, I didn't say that. This is what God says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith. Now, you can please Him. You, can, you, you, you can't please Him without faith. I, it matters not 
what you're due for him, if you, we don't do it in faith, we're not pleasing God. So it's important then we know what faith is. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then notice what he says. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that God exists, and that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, there is a truth here that you and I need to embrace out of this. Notice what it says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him or God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Notice what it says. Faith is believing God exists. These people say, oh God, if you're up there. Well, they, now that's not faith. The Bible says if you come to God, you've got to believe He exists. None of this, well, if you're up there, do this for me. No, the Bible says if you believe, if you've got faith, you've got to believe He exists. And then notice, here's the one that we have a hard time with. Notice the last phrase. Believe that He exists and believe that He what? Rewards. That he doesn't withhold. That he rewards. You know what that's saying? That's saying that when I go to God, I must believe that he's there listening to me and he's going to give me what I'm asking for. See, most of us go to him asking, hoping. Most of us go there asking, think we got to plead, we got to beg, we got to twist his arm. In fact, if we get enough people to pray, we can really twist his arm and somebody can talk him into giving us something that he really doesn't want to give us. But notice what the Bible says. If you go to God, you must believe that he exists and that when you go to him, you're going to get what you ask for. That's faith. You're going to get it. Well, I need you to pray. How many times how many times have you prayed about something, and then you, after you finished praying about it, you had questions. Well, I wonder if he heard me. Well, did you get your answer? I don't know. We'll wait and see. Well, that's not believing that he rewards you. Are you listening? That's not, notice what he says. You must believe he exists and that he rewards. In other words, every time I go, I'm going to get what I ask for. Every time I go, I'm going to get what I ask for. Every time I go, I'm going to get what I ask for. You know, I have a daughter. I have a son. And he knows I'm not that type of God. But I have a daughter that thinks every time she comes to me, she'll get what she asked for. In fact, she's already made... I know, you say, how do you know that? Because I've discovered she's already made commitments of what I'm going to do before she even asked me. Because she just knows I'm going to do, he, I'm going to do what Dad's going to do what I ask him to do. Now think about how your prayer life would change. Our prayer life would change if every time we go to Him, we automatically already know He's going to give us what we're praying about. It'd stop all this begging. See, that's faith. He that cometh to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder, not a withholder, a rewarder. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why we need to understand what faith is. Number two, why should we understand what faith is? Well, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. 
The Bible says we're to walk by faith. I mean, that's how we live. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. What do you mean by sight? Walk by, to walk by sight means to walk by our senses or to walk by what I refer to as our, uh, what we feel, what we see, what we touch, what we hear, our senses. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, most of us do the exact opposite. Most of us walk by sight and not by faith. We hear something, we stress out. We feel something in our body, we get fearful. Amen? You hear something bad news and we stress out. Oh, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are... That's walking by sight. That's not walking by faith. So we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. Look what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Look at the New Living Translation says this. And I'll touch on this in just a second. We live by believing and not by seeing. We live by believing and not by seeing. Just think about how different your day would be when it doesn't make any difference what comes on the news and it doesn't make any difference what they say when somebody calls you with bad news or what you're, you're not paying any attention to your body or to your flesh or some terrible accusation that pops in your mind. Just think how different your day would be if you started walking by what you believe and the Word of God instead of walking by what you feel, walking by what you hear, walking by what you see. How different your day would be. But see, if we don't know what faith is, then we don't know how to walk by it. And yet we're supposed to walk by it. Another reason, why is it important that you and I know faith and understand faith? Because we're not only asked to walk by it, we're told to live by it. Faith should govern everything we do. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, our attitude, our behavior, our responses faith. Look what he says, Galatians 3.11, clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will what? Live by faith. Why is it so important to understand what faith is? Because we're instructed to fight the fight of faith. In fact, to be honest with you, that's the only fight Christians are supposed to fight. Look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Fight, and most Christians stop right there and start fighting with one another. It's not what it says. It says fight the good fight of what? Faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Well, if you don't know what faith is, how do you know if you're fighting it or not? How do you know if you're... I tell you, to live in this world nowadays, to live with joy and peace and victory with all the garbage and crime and terror and disease that's going around, you've got to fight the fight of faith. And I'm going to tell you, I've learned this. The older I get, every day I crawl out of bed, I've got to fight the fight of faith. I wake up with things hurting me that I know I didn't go to bed with that thing hurting me. So I wonder what kind of leg whip man to put on me during the night. <laughs> Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. It was by faith. There's that word, faith. It was by faith. What is it? Well, we're going to talk about it. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. 
It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Verse 32, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. Verse 33, by faith. These people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Now, if you just stopped right there, you would think every time you operate or fight the fight of faith, you will always have grand and wonderful results. But keep reading. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They, They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Verse 39, all these people earned a good reputation because of their what? Yet none of them received all that God had promised. See, some people will lead you to believe if you have faith, everything will be wonderful. No, that's not necessarily true. Notice, these people never received the promise, but God said they still had faith. Because it's a fight. It's a fight. But if you don't know what it is, you don't know if you're fighting or not. Why is it important to understand what faith is? Well, faith is the number one defensive spiritual weapon of Christians. It's the number one spiritual defensive weapon you and I have. Faith. And the reason some of us get beat up and harassed by the devil on a continual basis is because we're not using our defensive weapon of faith. Notice what Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Notice verse 16. Above all. Everybody say above all. Above all. all. Number one. Number one spiritual defensive weapon of the child of God. Above all. Taking the shield of what? With which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why is it so important that you and I understand what faith is? To know what faith is. To make it a part of our lives and embrace what faith is. Because it's the number one spiritual defensive weapon. The Bible says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Well, if you don't know what faith is, you don't know, you don't know what your shield is. So faith is of the utmost importance. And it's the thing that changed my life. It's the message that changed my life. See, I grew up Pentecostal. 
And we Pentecostals would be in some of these services and the glory would fall and uh, supernatural would take place and some wonderful things would happen. And if we're not careful in Pentecostals, we'll lean to the emotional too much. We'll lean to the emotional too much. And if we've had an emotional release or emotional response, oh man, we did good. Well, that's okay when you're in church service and the devil's scared of the whole crowd and he's run out. It's on Tuesday afternoon when the band's not playing and nobody's standing with you that he's going to attack you and there ain't no emotion to go on. You've got to have the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Now, I believe, in the, I believe in Pentecost. I believe in the emotional. I believe in all of that good things. But that without faith will not make you and I a victorious Christian at all. And for years, if I could get to the church house, I'd be safe. But on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I was sitting up for the devil. If I could just get to the church house, I'll be safe. Because I didn't understand faith. I didn't understand faith. So here's the question. What is faith? He says without faith you can't please Him. We're to walk by faith. We're to live by faith. We're to fight the fight of faith. The number one spiritual weapon is faith. So then the question is, what is it? Well, it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, how's that working for you? What in the world does that mean? What is faith? What is it? Well, let me tell you what it is. According to Vine's expository, expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, faith is a persuasion. Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is a conviction based upon what you have heard. Faith is simply what you believe. If somebody ever asked you, what's faith? You just say, it's what I believe. Faith is a persuasion. Faith is a firm persuasion. I'm persuaded. I just know that I know. How do you know you know? I just know that I know. I'm just persuaded of this. Faith is a persuasion. Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is a conviction based upon what you have heard. Faith is simply what you believe. Faith is simply based upon what you believe. That's what faith is. Let me prove it to you from Scripture. Turn with me to Matthew chapter, 20, uh, chapter 9. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. It's real simple. Faith is just what you believe. Matthew 9, verse 27. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse number 28. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them. Now notice what he asked them. Do you believe, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord. They told him, we do. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your what? Notice how he used the word faith and believe interchangeably. Notice he didn't say to them, do you have the faith that I can make you see? He says, do you believe that I can make you see? And they say, yeah, 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 we believe it. He said, that's your faith working. Then according to your faith, 
according to your faith, it will happen. Turn over to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse number 17. James chapter 2, verse 17. Notice what this says. James 2, 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So the whole subject here he's talking about is faith. Now look at verse 19. You say you have faith. Notice the next phrase. For you believe. You say you have faith. Because you believe there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Notice he uses faith and believe interchangeably. He says, you say you have faith. You know why you say that? Because of what you believe. So what is faith? Faith is a persuasion. Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is a conviction based upon what you and I have heard. Faith is simply what we believe. What we believe. Now, remember that verse we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 7? Our, our ch- 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, in the New Living Translation. Remember what it said? For we walk by believing and not by seeing. What did the New King James says? It, it, it translated this way. For we walk by faith. But the New Living Translation translated it in our language, we walk by believing. So what is faith? It's simply what you believe. Now, wouldn't your day be a lot different if you walked by what you believed? And to be honest with you, unfortunately, many of us walk by what we believe. We believe it ain't going to work out. We believe we're not going to get any better. We believe that things aren't going to get any better and they're not going to change and we're not going to change. In fact, most of us walk by what we believe and we've been believing the wrong thing. Okay. Believe in the wrong thing. So that's what faith is. Now, here's, here's what I had to learn when it came to faith. Then if faith is, is a persuasion, and without it I can't please God, and uh, I need to walk by it, and I fight the fight with it, and uh, it's my number one spiritual weapon, and I need to live by it, then my question, next question I ask myself is, well, how in the world do I get it? How do you get faith? If you can't please God without it, and you've got to walk by it, and you've got to live by it, and it's your weapon of warfare, then we need to figure out how to get it. Do you get it when you accept Jesus? Well, you get a little bit. you got enough to be saved. But how do you get more faith? How do you get faith? Well, look with me real quickly over here to Romans chapter 10. Everybody still with me? I'm fixing to call it quits. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, or unless someone tells them? And how shall they preach unless they are sinned? That is it written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 16, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17, So then faith comes. How does it come, Paul? Paul wrote this. He said, faith comes. How does it come? Faith comes by hearing. And by hearing, by the Word of God. Faith doesn't come by praying. That's why I know people who pray a lot during the day, and they never get any answers. Because faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? Hearing the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God. We, we are in a... We're in right now a flow of worship. There's a worship flow moving across our nation. If you remember with me, for those of you who are old enough to remember, this same worship flow took place in the 70s with the charismatic movement. And you had all the new contemporary Christian music. Do you all remember people like Evie and... And, and Steve Green and people like that. They broke, they brought new music, the new worship music into the body. And that only, worship only take you so far. Only take you so far. And you know what followed the worship flow of the seventies? The word of faith teaching movement. Do you remember there was a day, for some of you who might not remember, let me tell you how it was. There was a day you couldn't go into a church and get a crowd to stand up and hear somebody teach. They wanted to hear hollering, spitting, snotting, and all that kind of stuff. They wanted somebody jumping, doing flips, and that kind of stuff. They wasn't gonna, you weren't going to stand up there and teach. And then after the worship flow came, and it only took us so far, and people still hungered, and there wasn't the manifestations of the Spirit like they, it only took you so far. And then all of a sudden, God sent the Word of Faith teaching movement, and then all of a sudden, people would fill mega auditoriums to hear a guy stand up there and just simply teach the Word of God. Why? Because worship only takes you so far. It takes the Word of God to bring faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. If you need to resurrect your faith, if you need to stir up your faith, what you need to do is get your Bible out and start reading. Just stop start reading. And one of the reasons Satan works so hard to keep us from coming to church is so that we won't hear the Word of God. Because if we won't hear the Word of God, then faith can't come. And if we don't have faith against the fiery darts of the enemy, he will eat our lunch every single day. So faith comes. How does it come, Paul? Faith comes by hearing. And notice what he says. This is what always been amazing to me. He doesn't say faith comes, well, you know, I've been in church, I heard that 20 years ago. I've heard, I heard, he doesn't say faith comes by having heard. He says faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. Even Gomer Powell says it t- takes you 16 times to chew a piece of meat before you can digest it. 
Have y'all ever seen that on the Andy Griffith show? Gomer Pyle says you got to chew the same piece of meat 16 times before you can get it digested. So you just can't hear one promise one time and get all that God has for you. you got to keep hearing it. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. And every time we hear it, faith will start to come in our lives. And what is faith? It's for persuasion. It's firm persuasion. It's conviction based upon what you've heard. It's simply what you believe. How do you get it? You get it by hearing. Hearing the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God taught. Do you, any of you remember in the days of cassette tapes? Any of you remember cassette tapes? Do you remember how many millions of cassette tapes were sold of just some man reading the Bible verse by verse. Do you remember that? That was a God thing where he was getting the Word in people's lives and bringing faith about in their lives. Today we're looking for every substitute other than the Word. We're looking for every substitute other. Okay, one final thing. Um... What I learned in my journey is faith is not automatic equipment. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm leaving the house every day with faith. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 again. Finally, uh, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, verse 14, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, notice this next phrase. Take up the shield of faith. You've got you to gotta pick it up and take it with you. You can leave every morning from the house and be as naked and be a Christian and be as spiritually naked without any faith at all if you want to be. You've got to pick it up every day. Every day you make a decision. Every day I make a decision. I'm not going to pay attention to what the devil's trying to tell me. I'm not going to pay attention to what that news report says. I'm not going to pay attention to those people's negative comments. I'm not going to pay attention to that accusation. I'm going to believe what God's Word says. I put up the shield of faith. I'm not going to pay attention to what my body's trying to say. You didn't get healed. That medicine's not working. The doctor didn't help you. I'm not paying attention to that. I'm going to pay attention to what the Word of God says. But you've got to take up the shield of faith. You've got to take it up. You've got to take it up. You got to, people say, well, you know, I went to church. I felt so much better. They prayed for me. I thought I got healed. And then two weeks later, all of a sudden, well, you've got to take your shield of faith back up. Take your shield of faith back up. We're in a war. Everything God's given you, Satan wants to steal from you. And our number one defensive weapon is faith. I'll finish with this. Didn't I say I was getting ready to finish? Well, I'll just finish. I'll just save this to next time. Stand with me, would you?